It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Anyone there? What's up? Hey, Steven. How we doing, bud? Another day in paradise. Beautiful up here today. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is the time of year it's worth living in uh, New England, right? It's beautiful up there. Oh, it's one of the best, absolutely, world class. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I love that area you're living in up there. Beautiful spot. All right, Doc. Anything in particular you want to talk about? I got your uh, your little biograph here, and I'm sure we could wing it. We usually keep it at 25 minutes or so. I don't get too crazy. Okay. And, uh, I, I, I think we'll figure it out. Whatever you right? want to talk about. Whatever you want to yeah, talk you gotta... about. You, you know your audience and what they need to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Cool. All right, you ready to go, Doc? I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We have a very special guest there. We have Dr. Stephen Smith here today. So Dr. Stephen Smith is a 1980 magna cum laude graduate of LACC. Been a chiro- was a chiropractor for over 34 years in Buena Park, California. Also was a management consultant, seminar speaker, lecturer, board of directors member. He's been involved in profession a long time, and he actually owns a resort as well. So he's uh, had a really interesting story. So Thanks for being on the show today, Dr. Steve. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for the invite. So I always like, uh, we do interview a lot of chiropractors on the show, and I kind of always like to hear your uh, origin story, how you became a chiropractor, because it's usually pretty interesting. So tell our audience how you became a chiropractor, Doc. So uh, I I was a musician and a college student, and uh, after my uh, sophomore year of college, I uh, made the decision to drop out and go on the road and play music uh, full-time professionally. Around the same time, actually about a year earlier, I'd had a, uh, I woke up one day with sciatic pain. And of course, like any good 19-year-old, I ignored it. And um, mm-hmm. when it got worse, I saw an orthopedic surgeon who had helped me through my high school athletic injuries. And uh, the, the problem didn't get better, didn't get worse. I kind of ignored it. So again, after my sophomore year of college, I went out on the road playing music. And... Uh, my back deconstructed and fell apart while I was out under the rigorous lifestyle that a musician lives. And um, desperate to uh, know what to do, um, I uh, started seeing chiropractors. So all all through the United States, I uh, traveled around the country and and whenever I was in a a place long enough and my back was bothering me bad enough, I would pull in to see a local chiropractor. And of course, I got great diversity on, um, on chiro. I mean, I saw an 80, I saw an 80 year old blind uh, Palmer graduate who had, uh, you know, graduated 60 years before. So this is like in the uh, early 1920s. I saw a 90 year old national graduate who was still in practice every day. His wife was his CA. And I got to see, that even though there was great diversity in the approach to practice, I got to see a great uh, commonality, that this was a group of people who really loved what they did. So much so, they continued to do it into the years long after they really had to do it. And I said, that, that looks like it's for me. My wife had previously worked for a chiropractor. And uh, when I got back to Southern California, she got me plugged in and uh, got me going regularly. And that's that really made the decision for me. I uh, 
uh, went back to college for a year, and then I uh, matriculated at uh, uh, what was then LACC, you know, Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, now the University of Southern California University of Health Sciences. And, uh, you know, so all my whole career, I had back problems. Uh, I've had uh, eight back surgeries. I've just, I'm, I'm like a dentist with no teeth. <laughs> totally decrepit, totally decrepit. But uh, I'm telling you, it's it's made my life. It's in many ways, uh, it's made me successful. My bad back. It's made me empathetic. It's made me have a great value for uh, chiropractic in its wellness approach. It's uh, yeah, I, I uh, after I got out of school, I got introduced I introduced to uh, traditional chiropractic philosophy. And uh, I found it completely harmonious with my own healthcare view, and, and has influenced that since. And uh, uh, anyway, it's a, it's been a wonderful career. Of course, I have to put this. I really I retired at the age of 60, mainly because of my back. I I just I just couldn't do it anymore, and so I've looked for other means of expression since. Mm-hmm. Nice. And tell us a little bit, yeah, the in-between story. So you built a very special practice out in California and, and also mentored other doctors throughout the years. And uh, tell us a little bit about more, you know, building up the practice and and uh, then yeah. your years consulting as well. So I would love to tell you I was really successful right out of the gate, but I wasn't. I, I worked <laughs> Most uh, people aren't. <laughs> I worked with it an takes associate years. for a year. Yeah, I worked for an associate uh, as an associate for a year. And uh the doctor I worked for, I made him successful. I mean, he'd been in practice 20 years, and I grew his practice 50% in the year that I was with him. But he provided a lot of structure that I didn't have when I got out on my own. So once I got out on my own, I I, um, I didn't really fail in practice, but I struggled. I uh, I really wasn't making a living after a couple of years. And then there, at a, at a, I started going to Parker seminars. And then I met Kirby Landis and Charlie Ward. Uh, and those guys really helped me a lot, and uh, my practice became then successful. And uh, but then it plateaued out, and several years later, I was looking for uh, the next thing that would move me along. And I happened to be at a relicensing seminar in Los Angeles and sat next to a guy named Chuck Gibson. And uh, I, I, he he solved all of my problems in in the breaks. Uh, between the seminar speakers as I pumped his brain. And I said, this guy is for me. So I started with him. And uh, within two years of being his client, I was working for him as a consultant. And from 1989 to uh, 2009, I was a management consultant for Gibson Management Consultants working for Chuck Gibson. Wow, that's a great story. It's amazing. Hopefully all the young people, sometimes you'll mention his name and some of the young docs don't know Dr. Gibson. And uh, He's had such a huge influence, and a lot of the big names that we know now, you know, Jay Morgan, Noel Lloyd, I mean, so many people trained under Chuck. He's had such a big influence on the profession. Can you just expand on that a little bit for people who don't know Chuck? Absolutely. So um, I think Chuck Gibson is the creator of the modern management consultant in chiropractic. You could go to Parker Seminar, and the information would be laid out like a buffet, but Chuck Gibson was the guy who laid down the specific formula of how to do everything. When I started to work with Gibson, uh, Jay Morgan was his right-hand man. And uh, Jay worked with Chuck for more than 20 years, probably 25 years, 24 years, before going out on his own. And so I used to room with Jay. We were best buddies, both guitar players, used to bang heads a lot. 
uh, about all aspects of chiropractic and life. But I think Chuck Gibson really spun off a lot of people, including Charlie Ward and Kirby Landis and many, many others that uh, are past names and, and uh, even some still current names in the uh, chiropractic profession, the big guns of, of management consultants. Yeah, it's good to uh, pay some respect. Yeah, I mean, he's still around, but he's a good. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff, a lot of stuff people are teaching, even if they don't know Chuck. There, it's it's his stuff that's kind of been still around the profession here. Um, so the Absolutely. next thing I want to talk to you about, you know, one of the things that you know, we've met at a seminar and kind of been following you on Facebook, and it's been really uh, helpful. I appreciate all your sharing, and you're really open. And you know, so I want to talk to you mostly about, you know, a you're back, and then uh, b you know retiring from practice and some issues around there. So tell us a little bit more, you know, you've, you've mentioned a little bit about your back injuries over the years. Tell us a little bit more. I know you've been battling with back problems for a long time. Kind of tell us a little bit more about that story. Yeah. So uh, when I woke up at 19 years old with sciatica and thought it was a pulled muscle, I had no idea what sciatica was. My condition was the orthopedist was misdiagnosed. He thought I had a uh, stress fracture in my back, basically a PARS defect, which ended up being false. Having seen my own x-rays, I don't know what would have led him to that. Um, (laughs) So it ended up being, it it was obvious. By the time I got into chiropractic school, it was obvious I had a herniated disc. And it was my L5-S1 disc, and it was uh, a fairly large one. And then I, I, you know, as it always is with these things, there's a final straw that breaks the camel's back. And in my case, it was skiing. And I woke up the next day, and I, I couldn't move. I was in terrible pain. I, I limped the thing along for eight months. So in my uh, about my sixth sixth term, right after it in chiropractic school, I um, I had um, I had my first back surgery. I was the week of my 25th birthday, and uh, I uh, rehabbed my back and uh, did very very well. Got into practice. Four and a half years later, I sneezed one day, and, and there it was. It was back. Oh and, boy. Uh, I had an I, I had an experimental medical procedure that was less invasive than surgery, and it actually made me worse, which led to my next surgery uh, two years later. Then again, I was fine for four or five years, and um, in uh, 1990, I uh, I blew out my back again. It was a long day of cycling, mountain biking, and I I reached up on my car to pull my bike off the rack, and uh, blew out my L4 L5 disc. And uh, in the, the subsequent years, I've had, I had three more surgeries after that. In 1995, it became apparent that I could no longer be an adjusting chiropractor. My practice was seeing uh, four to 500 visits a week, and I was seeing probably 300 of those visits. Each of my <laughs> associates seeing about 100 visits a week. And uh, I, I, I was panicked. I wasn't sure what to do. And so... In 1995, I had to lean back on my management ability to answer the big question, could I still run a successful practice without adjusting patients? And so what I did is I totally flipped my practice. I totally flipped the procedures. Instead of me being the majority guy who did all of the treating and having my uh, associates do the case workups and the exams and reading the x-rays and taking the x-rays, I totally flipped that because I could do that. I could do the report of findings. I could take x-rays. I could do exams. And I found that those were control points where my associates became really technicians working under me, and the patients viewed me that way. 
So from 1995 up until uh, 2000 and probably 12, 13, 2013, most of the adjusting in my practice was done by associates and not me. Then as I, as I tapered my time away from the practice and got ready to retire, I made a decision to go back in as a treating chiropractor so that all of the goodwill would rest in my, on my shoulders and I would be able to, to uh, <laughs> sell, sell the practice uh, outright to somebody else. It was I really I tried to groom an associate uh, or two to take over. It just never worked. It, they all wanted to go out and do their own thing. So I never was able to have the right guy just to step in my shoes and take over. So that was the decision that I I went in actually actually after how many ever years that was 18 years of not adjusting patients. I went in for the last two years of practice and was an adjusting chiropractor again, which wasn't good for well, my back. But, yeah, uh, probably not. But it's uh, it, you know, it's 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 worked out well for me in the sense that I've never given up. I've been able to uh, use it to my advantage. And uh, when you're not the adjusting chiropractor in your practice, you can take a lot of time off. The last ten years I was in practice, I would work a three and a half day week, and then the next week I would work two and a half days and have a four day weekend. So uh, right. and then and then you know I started uh, started to travel the world and. Uh, in 2005, as you mentioned earlier, I bought a cabin resort called Parchers Resort in California in the high Sierra Nevada mountains and started spending in the summertime uh, every other week up there, you know. And so that strategy and that, that, for, that, 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 that lemon that I got, being unable to adjust patients because of my back, actually distanced me away from my practice and allowed me all of that time off the last decade that I was in practice. A great thing yeah that's that's great yeah so you got to enjoy it and uh you know it's a good lesson i'm kind of in a similar yeah i don't have a bad back but you know i have two, multiple two associates and i don't take a lot of new patients anymore but it's kind of it is hard to give up that adjusting when you're a chiropractor and you love adjusting but you know managing and running the practice and doing the marketing and the training is really where the high level skills at and like you said your associates can be your technicians but it's it's certainly a, a tough emotional jump for us chiropractors. We love getting our hands on people, and you know I still just a decent amount of people, but it's been less and less. But it's kind of hard, and I don't know, you know, it'd be hard to pull the plug all the way. I think I could if I needed to, but it is definitely a little bit scary. And the other thing I wanted to expand on a little bit, I was kind of doing another podcast with somebody that exit practice, and for some reason, you know, we always love talking about building practices and building them up, and. Nobody talks about exiting practice too much. And I had a really good interview the other day, but it's like it's almost like a little secret in practice or you know, people just don't talk about it as much. Just tell us a little bit more of the story about, you know, how you sold your practice and how that all went down and give us a rundown of selling your practice after all those years. Yeah. Uh, so the, for, the most important is to prepare financially. So the, the minute I got into practice and I made my first dollar, I put 10 cents in the bank, you know, I read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, and I suggest all of you read it uh, to get a history of what it should be like to start to save money and, pri and really prioritize your finances around that. So I started saving and investing early on as probably two years into practice, uh, 29 years old, and I was investing money. And, and of course, you know, I still own, like I, I just looked the other day at one of my mutual funds that I bought when I, in 1984, uh, when I was 29 years old. And uh, that $2,000 is worth 84000 now. Wow. So, so you just, it's the, it's the, it's the principle of, of, of trusting the, 
the uh, American economy and investing wisely and conservatively and, uh, and just letting it roll over year after year after year. So I did that. And uh, so, you know, when you've got plenty of money to retire, that makes the decision easier. Now let's talk about your practice. The, uh, the, here's, here's what I learned. Uh, first of all, your practice is a money-making machine. And oddly enough, you cannot sell it for what it, it's worth. If your business was a restaurant or any other business, you would get a multiple of 10 times its net income. Okay, in chiropractic, it's about, about 1.8 or as low as 1.5, the amount of net income in a year. That's what you can sell it for. As a consequence, many consultants have uh, advocated uh, the, the concept of not fully exiting your practice. Just pare it down. Make it smaller. Uh, work less hours. Uh, cut your overhead. And at some point, it ceases to be profitable. You close the doors. Now, I know many people that have done that strategy and are still doing it, and you make far more money, and you have greater satisfaction doing it that way than actually trying to sell it. And uh, because, of that because, of that, uh, because of that fact, you cannot sell a chiropractic practice for what it's worth. And uh, over the last decade, that's what I did with my practice. As I backed out of it, practiced less and less, I went from two associates to one associates in the last two years, just myself, and I pared the staff down through attrition. And, uh, the, you know, the practice was still profitable. Uh, the last year I had it, I was making a couple hundred grand. But then I came to realize I make more of that off my investments a year than that. So what's the point? And that's when <laughs> I, with, with that with my back, it was time, it was time to shut it down. So, uh, I did sell my practice through a broker, but in all honesty, you could sell it yourself. Get a uh, go go get a lawyer who specializes in business law, and draw up a sales contract in advance before you have a buyer, and uh, then you advertise. In California, we use a, a vehicle called Chirocom, and uh, indeed, I found the buyer. It wasn't it wasn't my broker, so he got a smaller percentage. But I found the buyer. A broker can be useful, uh, but so can a management consultant, somebody who has had experience in selling practices and who uh, can help can avoid the pitfalls. I know in my own, my own uh, consulting career, I probably engineered 20 sales of practices on, on both ends, the buyer and the seller, they, to help uh, you know, value the practice. That's one of the big ones. What is the practice worth? Um, and then how you avoid the pitfalls, how you structure the transition, et cetera. Yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like, like I said, people don't talk about it as much, but you know, like you said, you've got to be looking down the road and what do you want to do 20 years from now? And they say the unsuccessful people are looking forward next weekend, the successful people are looking down 15, 20 years down the road and thinking about these kind of things. Did you stay on for a transition, Doc, and you know, do the whole transition for a while, or you just turned the keys over and left, or how did that work? I stayed, uh, I stayed six weeks, and uh, that was, to me, about right. You know, that was about right. And uh, the, uh, the partnership that bought my practice was a, uh, a business guy and a, and a practitioner, a chiropractor clinician. And the clinician didn't work out, and they replaced him with another clinician, and, a clinician, and he didn't work out. 
And of course, the guy who's in there running it now is doing a fantastic job and has built back much what the first two guys lost in business. And I anticipate he's going to be, you know, just doing fabulous. I still own the building. I, I highly recommend, and this is part of my retirement strategy, is is to buy a building if you can and uh, get it paid off and and then continue to pay rent to yourself. But that money goes right into savings. And uh, then at some point in time, somebody else will be renting the building from you and uh, you still get income and have control. It's a It's a great thing. Yeah, that's a great tip as well. A lot of good nuggets in here, everybody. Hope we're getting all this stuff. And uh, so, yeah, at a young, uh, well, they're doing pretty well without you. That's good to hear. I hear a lot of times, I know it breaks some people's hearts. They sell the practice and then it kind of falls apart a couple of years later. And I know too many people that seem to happen to. So I'm sure that's somewhat fulfilling. They're doing well, right? It, uh, yeah, that that does happen. And because, uh, the, you know, your heart more difficult to replace. I have to say this, too, and this is at least true in California. There seems to be a lower quality of chiropractic graduate. There are still great ones, but a large percentage of them are not. And uh, as a consequence, they're not. The people they select to go into chiropractic school are people who are good students. They're not entrepreneurs. And this is an entrepreneurial profession. You have to have a skill set that means you're good with your hands like a carpenter. You're good with your brain like a lawyer. Uh, you're good with people, um, you know, like any, like a person who works in a, in a restaurant. You have to have this whole skill set. You've got to, uh, to be really successful as a chiropractor. And uh, the only times I've seen that not when someone isn't in possession of all those skills is they have a right-hand staff person, often a spouse who works in the practice with them that counterbalances uh, some of those aspects. But you need to have those things and be those things to really be successful. And so when you sell your practice, somebody is not likely to, you're looking for the first buyer. They're going to come in and they're going to try to change things up. And, and half the time, they'll kill the practice. <laughs> yeah, they want to change what works for the last 25 years. <laughs> it's been working too well. Yeah. So if you had a young doc listening right now, you know, right out of school, you know, what would you tell them to, to be an associate a couple of years, to buy a practice, start your own? What would be kind of your advice, all your experience with clients and practicing uh, you know, for a young doc right out of school? Yeah, the, I, the first thing I would do is I would go to work for someone else. I only work for a year. I would recommend you work at least two years with somebody else. And if the finances are tough for you, which they are now with a lot of coming out of school, is you work for three years. And... Then what you do, this is very important, you don't spin off the practice you build in that other doctor's office. Your job as an associate is to build the practice of the head doctor you're working for. Then what you do is you go far enough away where you're not in his competitive sphere. Then what you've got is you have a huge resource and booster and somebody who's going to be behind you who can help turn you on to bankers and an accountant and and suppliers and everything you need to get going in practice and is going to be on your team and part of your brain trust. And uh, so that, I highly recommend that when you go out as, and don't, you know, don't go down the street from the doctor you're working for. That, that's bad karma. Now, as far mm -hmm. as buying a practice or opening one cold, it depends on the circumstances. If I, had to, if I wanted to find the best practice to open, I find a chiropractor who's gone in built out an office, 
but didn't know what he was doing. And after a year or two, he's ready to get out. He, he's over his head. So if you, at, you've gone, you know, let's say you worked three years for some other chiropractor and you find that opportunity, you buy that practice for $50,000 or less. And, you know, if you, if you were to have to go and build out an office, it would cost you two, two and a half times that, maybe three times that. And so you will save money on that situation. That would be the best situation. Buy a practice that's failing, that's a relatively new practice. It's not failing because of its location. It's failing because of lack of, of savviness of the uh, doctor in there. And you can turn that right around. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's funny. That's, that's the exact same advice I'd give anybody. And I didn't take any of it. I got, I got right out of school and I actually signed the lease before I got my board scores back that I had my boards passed and I signed my lease before I even really had my diploma and opened up like right away. And uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody doing that. I would, I would recommend the exact same plan. That's exactly what I tell somebody else. But I think the other point about the mentor is really important too. I, one of my, I've had a lot of great mentors. And that's one of the reasons I do this to give back, but I externed with a doc the last couple of months in school where you can extern in a real office and, it was a great guy. We're still really close friends, but he was, you know, 45 minutes from my office. And in New Jersey, that's like a two and a half hour drive, you know, 45 miles. But, uh, you know, the first year in practice, I called him like every single night. Like now I realize I probably drive him crazy, but I just asked so many questions. I know what I was doing. And uh, without him, I don't know if I would have made it because I just had so many questions. I started right out of school. I never worked for anybody. So you know, like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be where I was without him. So that, that was some really good pointers. I appreciate that, Doc. Yeah, I, I have, I had, uh, I don't know. 23, 20, 24 uh, full-time associates that worked for me in my career. And I only had one bad experience where I had to fire somebody, only one. And only one, uh, you know, and, and the, where this guy gave me trouble, you know. And uh, he was my first, by the way. And I made all <laughs> oh, the mistakes no. with him. I made all the mistakes with him and, and never made them again. But it's a beautiful thing if it's done right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've had multiples too, and yeah, you learn to learn as you go. But I, yeah, I'm blessed with two great guys working for me now, and, and it's a great thing. And yeah, you can you can get more free time off and and live a better life like you did as well. So that's a really great sharing, Doctor Smith. I really appreciate it. you got a wealth of knowledge, and yeah, I just love following you on Facebook, seeing you retired and your backstory, and you have a lot of great information to share with a lot of docs out there. So I really appreciate you being on today. For anyone who wants to get in touch with you or maybe buy some of your music or check out your stuff, where's some good spots to get in touch with you, Doc? Well, you can find me, uh, my music you can find on iTunes under Stephen Wade Smith and or under Gilling and Smith. That's G-Y-L-L-I-N-G. That's my wife's name. She's a bass player and singer. And uh, we do albums together, uh, and then I do some on my own. And... Um, my, uh, I'll give you my email. That's probably the best thing. I don't maintain a website anymore. I'm kind of low key, but uh, my email is s smith. That's s s m i t h Cairo c h i r o at gmail dot com. That's a pretty easy email. I really appreciate you sharing. That's some great knowledge. Hopefully, everybody gets stuff out of this. And I love to hear. Like I said, we always want to talk about building and starting out, but you know, it's, it's great to hear the other end of it too. You know, and. Uh, well, you're in a beautiful area, and I hope you enjoy your retirement, Doc. It was a great career, and I'm having a great retirement. All right. Have a good day, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.